Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help or if you need prayer of any kind, you can text the keyword, I need help to 31996. Or if you give your life to the Lord, we would love to know. You can text the keyword, I said yes, to that same number, 31996. Someone from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Uh, Gang, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I did a message, and uh, uh, it was out of Psalm 112, and there were too many points for me to really develop, and one of them I really felt convicted I I needed to develop just a little bit. And we're going to call this series Soul Care, so it might be one, it's going to be at least two Sundays, maybe three, we'll see. But uh, we were in, in Psalm 112 looking at the blessings there, and again, that's why I told you, don't turn over there, but David says, you know what, we want to, we want to be blessed, we want to bless our children, we want to bless our finances, we want to bless our relationships, we want to bless our soul, which is what we're going to talk about today, and we want to bless our calling. We were speaking blessing over, over these things, and we were targeting those things. If, if you remember that message, some were like, I don't remember that message, and I don't care about it. Okay, fine. Uh, some people liked it. But uh, when, when we were talking about our soul, our soul is so complex. I mean, basically, your soul is who you are. It's, it, if I were to ask you, how are you, you're going to describe your soul. And what goes on in your soul affects everything around you. Affects how you see you. Affects how you see God. Um, yeah, I got to tell you this. I, the other night, I watched a, uh, a, a documentary, or a, I guess a, a story of how many of you are old enough to remember David Cassidy from the Partridge Family? Yeah. Come on. Now, some of you will not, you guys over here are not going to know. That was back when we had uh, rotary phones. You actually dialed, and we took notes with a chisel and a hammer. It was a long time ago. And uh, so anyway, there's, you know, for, for me as a kid, he was a teen idol. And, uh, you know, when you look at David Cassidy, you know, he was the handsome guy and could sing and play guitar. I really liked his singing, too. And, uh, but anyway, the story was about his life. And he died at 67 years old. And it was a sad, sad story. And I'm, I'm telling you that because it was sad because of the condition of his soul. You live and feel, and, and because growing up, he realized on his, in his soul, now we didn't, they didn't use this language, but he grew up with all the applause, all the attention, and all the money, but in his soul, he knew he could not live up to the applause he was getting. And this happens with a lot of child actors and child stars. Uh, they, they, they start to, to burn down, and usually, I say usually, a lot of times they'll go to alcohol or drugs or, or some kind of extreme medicating. What they're trying to medicate is the pain of their soul. And if you don't have somebody to help you figure out where your soul's at and how to get it treated, you'll, go to, you'll either go to sex or money, trying to spend your way out of it, uh, you'll try to distract your way out of it with, with uh, sports or some kind of entertainment, uh, or you'll drug or alcohol. You're looking for a relief, peace to your soul. It's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm, we've been giving a, a comforter 
of the Holy Spirit. We, we've got a comforter, we, we, right? The comforter of the Holy Spirit. He's come, a part of his comfort is to, to kind of right side our, our soul. It's to comfort our soul. But if you don't have that comfort of the Holy Spirit, you're still going to try to comfort your soul. Uh, some people get mean. You comfort your soul by being angry. That's just what you have to reach for. David Cassidy went through his whole life, and he had the money and the looks and the popularity, everything that our world would say, that guy's got everything. Uh, you, uh, Justin Bieber, or some, uh, I'm trying to relate down to you. <laughs> when, you're this, when you're this old, you got to reach a little bit. But anyway, but it's the same kind of thing. Uh, just somebody, uh, he, he gets to 67 years old, and his organs are all sh- shutting down because of just alcohol abuse. Just too much, just just tried to medicate his pain through alcohol. And his dying words were to his family, his fat family gathered around him, and his dying words were, so much wasted time. My God. I just, I thought, if you don't, that's why this, this is so important that we understand. One, you've got to be saved. You've got to come to your creator or your soul. There's, there's no other way to live if you don't come to Christ. You'll just make up the, your own rules for why you feel like you feel, think like you think, act like you act, and why your life has the effect on others that it has. If your soul is filled with angry, it, it isn't just you. It's affecting everybody. If your soul is filled with strife, it affects everybody. One reason we need our soul healed is it isn't just us. It's our entire atmosphere. It's affecting everything we touch. So it's, this is so important. And that, this is why I couldn't, just, I couldn't just run past this without at least giving a couple of messages on this. And this will be basics today. Uh, I just want you to locate your soul. I want you to find it. Uh, and uh, so for many of you, this will be very much sort of a review. But uh, so my first point is, what is a soul? What, what is your soul? When God created you and me in Genesis, when he created man, he said, let us, speaking of us three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man, one one singular. Let us three make one and put all of us in him. And so we are a three-part being. We We are body, we are spirit, that's where our life comes from, and your spirit is what's eternal. It is eternally going to live somewhere right now. There's nothing in this room but eternal beings in a temporary body. But you're in eternal life as you sit there. So you've got a a body, a spirit, and a soul. Your body is, I'll call it this, flesh conscious. It's It's your body conscious, your flesh consciousness. What I mean by that is right now, uh, many of y'all are feeling a little warm. I'm a little chilly in here. Uh, uh, my, 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 my body, I'm conscious that it's cold, but my spirit isn't cold. I'm not aware of anything. My spirit doesn't feel cold. My body can be a little hungry. It's not right now, but it will be. My spirit isn't hungry for food. My body can be tired. Here's the other thing. In my flesh, in my body, it has appetites and desire. It has greed and lust and jealousy and anger and strife. And gang, pastor, I thought you were saved. I'm I'm saved in my toenails. My spirit is saved. My body's not. My body has to be told what to do or it'll try to run everything. 
But my spirit, now what's my spirit? My spirit is my God conscious. You get saved because your spirit gets aware. I am homesick for something. I, I am an orphan. I don't know how to say this, but I need something. Your spirit becomes aware of it. And a lot of times your intellect, your soul, can't really find the language to determine what the pain is. But you know, I mean, what it is, it's an orphaned spirit. Until you get saved, you're an orphan looking for dad. Who am I? Why am I here? That's the human question. That comes from your soul, but it's because your spirit is hunting for home. You get saved when the Holy Spirit comes in a room like this or comes in a car or in a hotel room where you're at or your living room. The Holy Spirit comes with adoption papers. And says, today, Dad wants you. We're leaving this place. You're coming home to Dad. He can tell you who you are, why you were made, what you're made of, where you're from, where you're going. Dad knows that stuff. That's the power and the beauty of salvation. Our spirit is God conscious. Our flesh is body conscious. Our soul is self-conscious. Our self-awareness, how I feel, what I think, what I, all of that. That's, that's that. So let me, I'm going to read you a scripture then I'll give you a little bit of illustration. I'm going to try to stray more on track in this service because the time got away from me in the first service. Yeah, this is at least two, two messages. This is out of Galatians. Let's talk about these. And the point is the war is between spirit and flesh, but the battleground is your soul. This passage tells us that. 517 Galatians, Paul talking, says, the sinful nature wants to do evil. That's in your flesh, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what our sinful nature desires, okay? So this is going on in you. If you're saved, these two forces are going on right now as you sit here. There's a war going on. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So, you're not, uh, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation of the law of Moses. In other words, to by discipline make it to God. Verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your flesh, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust for pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, fighting, jealousy, anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, parties. These are all the ways that we try through our flesh to medicate the miseries of our soul. These, these are comforters, if you will. False comforters. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, practicing that sort of life, will not inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to heaven. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited, provoked by one another, or be jealous of one another. All right. Uh, th that sounded like it's a done deal. You're either holy and you feel love and joy and peace all the time, just woo-hoo, or you got all these other things and you're either going to heaven or hell. If you read this, 
just sort of black and white, which I've, I've done for most of my life, and you don't understand all of Scripture, what I just read to you could make most of you kind of slouch in your seat and go, ugh, you mean anything on that list that I do keeps me out? Here's what keeps you out. The only thing that keeps you out of heaven is rejecting Jesus Christ. What I want you to hear is, if, 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 if I were three, so if I had a, one person in this hand and one person in this hand, just kind of imagine, I'll stay in camera sight, all right? And let's say this side is the spirit. This side is flesh. The two, and this is the soul, so I'll, I'll be the soul. These two things, according to this scripture, they're fighting each other like cats and dogs all the time. Does, has anyone ever noticed that you have a tension going on in your soul? There's a living tension because your flesh still wants to misbehave. Anybody noticed? I know we're in church, and you're supposed to look like, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm just so holy. I know, and I've, I've been you, so I know your face. But uh, let me just, all of us in here have flesh, and it has appetites, and according to the Bible, they're alive and well, and they have a mind of their own. Our spirit wants to please God. You can find this in Romans 7. You can find this in 1 Peter 3. You can find this in James. You can find it in 2 Timothy 3. You, this is everywhere. This is New Testament Christianity. Your flesh wants to behave badly. Your spirit wants to please God, and your soul is caught in the middle. And so constantly the Scripture tells us, be led by the spirit, and you won't fulfill all the nastiness of your flesh. So what that would look like is my soul then would push the spirit forward, push Mr. Flesh back, and I would walk through life like this, right? This is what good Christianity looks like. I wish I could say we're going to pray today. It's a one-time event, and forever you're just like this. However, within an hour of your prayer, your flesh is going to start doing doing this. You're going to watch Fox News. You're going to cuss. The Cowboys aren't on, so I'll be led by the Spirit today. But gang, this is an abnormal or weird Christian faith. Some of you are thinking, man, there's days I'm just killing it. Romans 7 kind of puts this in a, in a picture. Paul says, man, the thing I want to do in my spirit, I, I want my flesh to behave and do. I want God, I so want to please you. And then, but sometimes I don't because this. And the, the one making the decision is your soul. Your soul is doing this all the time, trying to figure out where is normal. Well, normal is having that tension there. Here's what Paul says about that sin. Paul says, okay, now I'm saved, and sometimes I sin. Romans 7 says, but it's no longer me doing it. This was an eye-opener for me because I, 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 I was raised where, look, you're either holy and saved or you sin and you're not saved. It's this way or that way, in or out. And uh, I never could get, I was a little more like Paul. I struggle, my flesh sometimes would go over here. I say sometimes, daily. And I was schizophrenic all the time. Paul said, here's the deal. It's no longer me sinning, but sin that dwells in my flesh. Here's the thing about your flesh. Sin, every one of you that are alive, 
in your body is the potential for every nasty, bad thing there is. It's still dwelling in your body, even if you've given your life to Christ. And it still has a mind of its own. You tracking with me? Paul so identified, he identified with his spirit, because now that I'm born again, now my daddy gets to give me my name. That's how you get your name. I'm of my dad. So when he even spoke about his failures, he understood grace about himself so much to say, it's not even me doing it. It's just the, it's the remnant of sin, that, the residual that is in this flesh. And until this flesh is dead, I am dragging either, I am dragging it around or it's dragging me around on a day-to-day basis. Is that too real for you? Is that too real? I just want you to, I want to explain normal because some of you in here probably think, I just can't get this Christian thing together. Man, everybody around me just looks so holy. And I'm a mess. Some days I'm better than others. No, you're doing it just, you're just, just, you're doing all right. Yes. You're doing it all right. Uh, you got a little headroom. In fact, we're just going to take our time because I'll get to what I missed this week. I'll get to next week. This helped me a lot. So I'm going to just tell it, tell it to you. When I first got saved, I idealized what holy meant. I got something pictured in my mind that I was thinking in my soul. I heard it preached. You can't sin. You can't chew. You can't, you know, go to movies. You can't. You can't date girls who do all that. There's a list of things you don't do. But if you did them, you lost your salvation. All right? You've heard my story. So I had a very fragile salvation. I didn't understand I had room to work this out. So when I read a passage of Scripture like I just read, no lusting, no greed, no envy, no outburst of anger, no matter what, even on the highway, no, 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 any of that, you're out. I thought that meant by my straitjacket disciplines, I have to be perfect like Jesus. That's actually possible. But I find myself actually not able to get there, but I'm about here. I would, because I idealized and said, man, that's the goal, I would look at the gap under that mindset and think, that tells me how bad I am. That's, that's judgment on me. I, I feel guilty. I feel condemned. I can't live up to this, and this is what I'm called to. Lord, the gap. I, I didn't realize that I'm never going to get there in my behavior. No one ever told me. I had to bump into this. Here's what I realized. We can, we can create this sort of idealized Christianity that nobody can reach put it in the culture and everybody act like they're getting there and just feel condemned all the time because of that gap right there. Here's the deal. The Christianity you've idealized becomes the enemy of the faith you actually have. Hear me. The Holy Spirit didn't come to enter our image of some Christian faith. He actually came to enter the life you actually have. The one you're living right now, where you're at, with your brokenness, your weakness, dragging around your flesh, he's not, uh, he understands reality. In fact, God is reality, okay? The spirit is reality. Uh, I I put it to to you this way. Uh, the, The husband you want and idealize is the enemy of the one you're sitting by. We tracking? Uh, the, the, the wife you dream about becomes the enemy of the one you have. I'm wanting you to feel this concept. 
whenever we, and I love being, ideal is important. Ideal is where great ideas come from, but you will find as you get older, one by one, your ideals get smashed on the rocks of reality, and that's how wisdom comes. Honestly, you go, and here's what God meant. God wants, God has set a standard for, for us to shoot for, so, but not to condemn us, so that life is always an adventure when you get up. The scripture says, and we're going to read it, you need to be transformed in the way that you think. Yeah. One of the ways that you, you, you're transformed is you reframe how you look at something. The gap between me and Jesus is not a condemning thing when my mind is transformed and it's reframed. It's an adventure. It means I can get better. I can love more. I can have more peace. I can have more joy. I can have more patience. I got, I've got so much, but I have room to grow. <laughs> the gap here isn't condemning me. It's letting me know I'm on my way. Paul said it this way. Guys, I'm preaching this in Galatians, and I preached it in Romans, and in Philippians, I'm preaching. But I want you to know what I'm preaching, this ideal, I've not reached it yet. After 30 years, this is Philippians 3, I've not reached it, and I've not become perfect yet. There's a gap, but this one thing I know, I keep reaching for what Christ died for me to become, I keep reaching for it and forgetting what lies behind. What was he saying? Our Christian faith, this is reality for all believers. Our Christian faith is to have Jesus who we can't reach in this life. But the point is not to feel condemned for the gap. The point is get up excited. I get to get a little better. I keep reaching for that for which Christ died for me to become. That is the score. Does everybody understand? I tell you that, again, so that folks in here that think you're doing it wrong, everybody seems to be more holy than me. They're not. I hear them in the office. They're not. Trust me. <laughs> We're all trying to do our best. But here's, here's, the scripture says this, when I die, then I will see him. And when I actually see him, then I will be like him. Until then, I'm just going to keep reaching and not under guilt, under the joy and adventure of I keep getting to get a little bit better. Everybody see that? All right. So just kind of leveling a playing field here. So your soul is making the determination as to whether you're going to follow the flesh or the spirit, your soul. So what's your soul? It's your mind, again, your will and your emotion. It's your thinking, how you think. It's your will, how you make decisions and judgments. And you're making them like that. You're making judgments just like that. Uh, your mind, your will, and your feelings. I wish we could separate them and deal with them like that. They are incredibly, they're all mishmashed together. They're all related. You feel something and you think something immediately. Or you see something and you think something and then you feel something. Uh, for instance, in your soul. Uh, it, 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 it has every memory of everything that's ever been said or done to you. Your soul can host all that. You can't bring it up into the forefront of your mind, but your soul can. Um, this will happen to you uh, at lunch. Um, there's been somebody in your, in your past that you don't like or you didn't like or they hurt you or they said something to you, okay? Your soul registers that. You've forgotten about them. Today at lunch, the waiter will walk up and he'll look a little bit like them. And immediately, here's what your soul does. It makes a judgment. 
that says, I don't like that guy. I don't even know. There's something about that guy. I don't even like him. I don't get it. Can we get another table? I don't like that guy. Idiot. That guy's an idiot. But you, you make a judgment. Your soul is doing this. It's amazing. It processes faster than any computer. It's processing quick. But here's the deal. It isn't accurate. You think you're as sure as you can be. No, I, I know guys just like, oh, what an idiot. And it's because your soul is processing. You see something, you think something, your soul pulls back from something and makes a judgment. And out of pride, we're just, oh, I know, I've known a thousand guys just like that. You don't know nothing. Here's the scary thing. You don't actually know how many of those judgments you're making that are inaccurate and you're basing your world around them. You're making decisions on. <laughs> Here's my next point is this. Your soul is formed. It's formed. It has to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It has to be transformed. You guys know the scripture here. It's Romans, uh, Romans 12. Your soul is formed. It has to be transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Says, oh, dear brother and sister, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them, your bodies, be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Okay, so if you're reading that idealistically, you go, wait a minute, I've got to present it holy. That means I've got to be perfect. Mm -mm. You, you, you can't be holy without Jesus. Here, here's what this is really, this is just as simple. Bring you, the real you, to God and say, God, it's all I got. This is me. Bring your marriage. Bring the way you handle finances. Bring the way you think. Bring your wins and your losses, your strengths, your weaknesses. Bring you and put it on the altar before God. It's not difficult. And say, God, this Randy Harvey, this is me. This is what I got to work with. I present this to you. And I, I come very aware that I've been formed and there's things I think I'm crystal clear on and I need to be transformed. Bring you to God. That's where we start next. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Don't create some image of something you think everybody will like. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. What that says is you were formed, and as you sit here today, you're formed. And it's, it's pretty cemented. It's got to be transformed by God working on the way you think. That's why you're here this morning. 40 minutes, 45 minutes on a Sunday is not gonna be enough to transform you because you spend the rest of the week with stuff coming into your soul uh, Instagram, Facebook, news, uh, that. you got a whole bunch of stuff dumping into your soul and feeding into it. Your mind won't be transformed by feeding all, all that. You're going you're gonna to have to make up your mind, I want this. I want this. I want to see life the way it really is, and I'm willing to say, God, I might be missing this. Uh, I'll give you another for instance here. Me and uh, Sister Stacy, I've told you guys this story before. Uh, th this, this came awake to me, and, and, and I was a slow, slow learner. Uh, you, you guys, you're getting the benefit of, at your age, teaching you something. You don't have to wait till you're in your 30s. Um, my, my soul was formed 
And my mind was pretty concrete on how I saw things and the judgments I made. Stacy and I were in year 17, and we had been butting heads probably a couple of years with some different things. And I took the sister to a marriage conference trying to get her tuned up. <laughs> and uh, uh, this ought to fix it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch football while she's in this conference and see if they can do something with her. And uh, we're on our way back. And... Uh, they did a terrible job because we, we fought. Yeah, we should have got our money back. We, we fought all the way home. And I mean, we were in, we, it was a knockdown drag out. Here's the deal. Guys, I can't tell you how sure and clear I was on what the problem. <laughs> but no, no, my point, here's what I thought. This will solve it. If Stacy will look at how I respond and deal with people if she'll just do it like I do it. You know what I'm saying? The scripture says the two become one. This one. <laughs> this, this will fix it. Now, this is what I want, because many of you are in situations like this. I can't tell you how sure I was. I know what the sister needs, and she won't listen. And, man, we are at I mean, it's down and dirty. I mean, we're, we're, we're saying, how are we going to, you know, split the goldfish? And I mean, we're, we're talking, <laughs> we're getting down to some, some rough talk on the way home. And she's crying over there, and I'm mad, and I'm praying under my breath, get her, God. Both of us are right, and what's wrong with her and all? And uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. This was one of those moments. And he said, you leave her alone. Oh, that's got to be the devil. No, he said, no, you, you leave her alone. And I looked over at her, and the Lord just showed me a different picture. He said, Randy, she's not like you. She's not, she doesn't have to agree with you. What? No, y'all don't have to see life the same to walk together. But here's the biggie. Randy, what I'm doing in her is different than what I'm doing in you. I'm at work in her. You're... You, she, and he reminded me, she's not being made into your image. She's being made into mine. Two shockers. Oh. But the point was, just in a, in a download, where Stacy's come from, where she, how she was formed, the things that formed her. Where she's broken, how she learned to think, how she learned to feel, how she learned to think of herself and think of God and life and all of that. I am no expert on anybody's soul, not even my own. And here I am trying to play God with hers. And in a heartbeat, I looked over and saw more of a little girl and God the Father saying, Randy, I got this. Why don't you back off? Give this a little room. Give her some room. Now, I can't, I can't tell you how shocked I was that I was not seeing this correctly. <laughs> I've had that happen a few times now, not just between us, but just in life, just going, oh. Here's the thing. You and I were formed from childhood, and you became you and were formed when you didn't have a say-so you had no way to protect your soul. If you were raised by uh, hyper-perfectionist parents and overbearing things like that, or if you were molested or, or abused in some way, 
as a child, there, you don't have a way to protect your soul. So you don't know to say, no, that's, no, I'm not taking that. No, that's not true about me. You're, you're a child, and you're at the mercies of the environment around you. And it's this way, I think, until your teen years, and even then, I mean, I was, I was well up in age before I started realizing I have a say in what comes into my spirit. Every criticism, I don't have to take it. I'll listen to it. But the scripture says, Proverbs says, guard your heart. You guard your heart. For from it flows all of your life. Everything about your life flows from what you let in your heart. Your soul game, you learn from a child what you receive into your soul. In other words, if somebody says something about you that's negative, if your dad calls you stupid your whole life, well, you grow up with your soul formed and trained to say when somebody criticizes you and calls you stupid, you grow up saying, yeah, that thought's allowed, come on in. <laughs> and somebody compliments you, you blow it off. Yeah, thanks, thanks, you're supposed to say that. You're guarding your heart, but you're letting the wrong thing in and you can go a lot of years. There's, there's men and women in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. You didn't know that today. You don't have to let everything in your heart. You get to keep and steward your soul. It can be transformed, and it's never too late. But it's a process, and you, you start be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And uh, we're just going to pick up here. We're just going to pick up here next week. <sighs> There's so much here, so please come back next week or watch online because this could really help you. This could really help you. I want you to practice this week. I just want you to get before God and say, God, what is in my soul that I've allowed because I just thought that's what I deserve or this is really who I am or my dad said that's who I am or my you know, eighth grade boyfriend you know, broke up with me and he said this about me and you just, you got all this stuff that formed you and now you're an adult and you get to determine, wait a minute, I was formed. I couldn't stop that, but I can now. I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And it didn't come get prayed for thing. Yes, get prayed for. You're committing now to a new life. It's a, it's going, for the rest of your life, your mind will be being transformed. And things that were formed in you are going to be chipped off. It isn't sudden. This is a... But for some of you today, this is a wake-up to go, wait a minute, you mean I don't have to feel like a loser? I don't have to take every negative thing said to me? I don't have to just take it? You may have to hear it. But you get to determine. You get to guard your soul. You get to guard your soul. I wish we had, I wish we had some more time. I'm going to pray. We're, we're going to pray because you, you've got something to work with. Do you think you've got something to work with? I want you to examine your hearts this week. Look at your hearts and begin to say, wait a minute. Man, I got to say so in this. What have I just taken? And here's the thing about your soul. Your soul is convinced you deserve whatever negativity is coming at it because it's formed. You get to disagree. You get to say no. Your flesh is leading the conversation and your, and your flesh is loud and proud. 
Your spirit gets to have a say-so. Not only that, if you'll lead with the spirit, the flesh has to be crucial. It has to back down. But this doesn't just happen, guys. This is going to take some participation. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 11. Come to me, all. Everybody say all. all. Does that include you? Yeah. You know your soul, for some of you, just said it doesn't you. You know somebody's soul just disagreed with the word of God. Because that's how strong our soul is. It says, yep, it's for everybody else, but you've heard this before. It isn't you. That's your soul. It's broken. Come to me all. All souls. Come to me. Who labor and are heavy laden. Chaos and anxiety and striving in your soul. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's a process. That's a process. I'm gentle and lowly in spirit and you will find rest for your souls. Does anybody need rest in your soul? Me too. I'm going to invite us to pray. I do want to say, before this process can even start, if you don't know Jesus, you can't start this week. But if you know Jesus, if you've invited him in, you can also invite the Holy Spirit to come in and begin to help you be transformed. Will it involve Scripture? Absolutely. Uh, gang, it, it, if, 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 if you're going to be serious about it, you're going to have to change the intake to your soul, how much junk you're pouring in. And you're going to have to feed on the Word of God because it, it'll sound as weird and contrary to everything you hear in culture. I, I want to make you mad at yourself that you've allowed this junk in your life for this long. And I want to make you hungry to say, wait a minute, my life can be different. Out of your soul pour the issues of life. It means your relationship, your finances, your career, everything. You get your soul right, lots of things can change. So I hope you're in on this. But you can't start unless you've received Jesus as your Savior. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now. The Holy Spirit's been in this room, and some of you have been thinking, God, I wish he would shut up so I could get saved. That's not because of my preaching. That's because the Holy Spirit has come. And you, when I said the word orphan earlier, you said, that's me. That's me. My, my spirit is looking for something. There's something I can't seem to find. I am, I am fatherless. I'm directionless. My spirit has a longing. That's your spirit sensing the nearness of your father and saying, don't leave me in this orphanage. Don't leave me. Whatever it takes, God, don't leave here without taking me home with you. I can't stay here. That's the spirit of the living God. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, every one, who wants to leave the orphanage. Today's your day. Today's the day of salvation. I'd like you all to bow your head. And if I'm talking to you, we're all going to pray this together. But today you're going to be gloriously changed. Your spirit is going to be born again from God. And a new life begins today. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Everyone praying with me. And if you mean this from the heart, today begins your salvation. Praying with me, Heavenly Father, 
I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you and I'm fully responsible. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He lived for me and he bled for me and he died for me to pay for my sin so that I could come home. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. I surrender my life, my earth life, and my heaven life, my one eternal life. I surrender it to you. You're in charge. Do anything you want with my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for taking me. Praise God in Jesus' name. Father, I lift up every person that just gave their life to Christ. And I believe today lives were changed. And Lord, I also bless this congregation. Lord, for all of those that are trapped by their soul, by hard, cemented souls. Today, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you begin to set us free. And thank you that it's truth that penetrates our soul, that changes our perspective and reframes the way we see life, see ourselves, and see you. Thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, Amen. Hallelujah, Crossing Church. Yes. What a powerful word this morning. Always. We're so blessed. Pastor Randy, thank you so much for your obedience to the Lord and how you equip the body. Crossing Church, can you stand with me and help me honor our senior pastor this morning? Amen. Well, Crossing Church, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Before you're dismissed, I just have a few things for you. Most importantly, if you gave your life to Jesus this morning, the word of God says that all of heaven is rejoicing at the best decision you've ever made. So we're rejoicing with you. So I wanna invite you to grab that connect card out of the seat back in front of you. And if you said yes this morning, Mark, I said yes. And after service, drop that off at the connect desk in the back of the lobby where we want to equip you with a book. Pastor Randy mentioned it earlier. It's called Jesus Is. And it's just going to help you in your newfound life with Christ. explaining to you who Jesus is, his character, and what he did for us. It's powerful. And speaking of the Connect card, if it's your first time joining us this morning, or maybe you've been coming here for a while, we would love to connect with you. Here at The Crossing, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go out into the world and make a difference, doing what God specifically created for you to do. You were born for such a time as this with a purpose. And when you get connected, you get planted into life-giving community and you get to walk with Christ alongside your brothers and your sisters. So fill that card out, y'all. Drop it off at the Connect Desk as well, where we have some awesome gifts waiting for you from some small businesses right here in our community. And last but certainly not least, the Crossing Church is teaming up with the Native American Heritage Association um, to donate needed supplies to the reservations in South Dakota. The winters are extremely harsh, so donations of winter wear is incredibly vital to them. So we're accepting donations until October 16th. For more information, visit the table outside for a full list of donations that are needed and help us be the hands and feet of Jesus to those people in need, amen? So Crossing Church, everybody, I'm just going to pray before you're dismissed. Father God, 
I just thank you so much for our time together. Father, bless your people this week. Pour your spirit out on them, Father. And I pray they see the evidence, Father, of your spirit in your hand in their life every single day of this week, Father. Lord, and I thank you, Jesus, is that our final act of worship is to bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. Father, I thank you that your word says that you will rebuke the devourer for our sake and you will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on us so big that we can't contain it. So Father, let your people overflow in abundance, Father God. And maybe those in here today that couldn't give this morning, Father, I thank you that their needs are met according to your riches and glory. And Father, that they lack nothing in you. So Father, bless them this week. Go with them wherever they go, Father. And we pray this in your name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. Or you can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc.